Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Introvert Theater Podcast. This is Sergio, and today I'm going to do something a little different. Uh, Last episode, I talked about the short film Curfew, and while I had been thinking of ideas for future episodes, I thought about the lost art of the music video. Now, during the mid-80s when MTV exploded on TV sets, my dad was so enamored with music videos, and... um, It turns out that he has several volumes of VHSs (laughs) with hours upon hours of music videos of, um, you know, just kind of blocks of music videos from that era. Uh, Much of them I'd spend hours upon hours just viewing myself from U2 to Duran Duran, uh, Nine Inch Nails, The Cure, Madonna, the list goes on and on. I just loved how each video served as kind of a short film with their own aesthetic and meaning. Initially, I was going to talk about three videos, but I figured this is something I'm going to want to do again, and studying two videos might be more beneficial in that I could compare and contrast visual styles and meaning between the two. So, I guess to start, um, as I got older, I really dove into watching music videos, and I found that sometimes what the song lyrics kind of spelled out or meant to me never really translated to that on screen. The two videos I'll be talking about today are I Still Haven't Found What I'm Looking For by U2 and Closer by Nine Inch Nails. So starting with U2, they're one of the first bands I can remember listening to as a kid. Um, The first song I actually remember hearing was probably New Year's Day off of the the War album, and it pretty much threw any preconceived notions of what I might have thought about music just out the window. Even at a young age, I was, you know, pulled in by Adam Clayton's bass line and Larry Mullen Jr.'s drumming. It was just so different compared to the the pop music of the time. Later, as I grew into my teens, I really, really, like, deep-dived into their catalog and discovered... Um, an album like The Joshua Tree. Years before, I remember watching the music video for I Still Haven't Found What I'm Looking For and being just completely taken by it. It was filmed in Vegas on Fremont Street and starts off in black and white with Bono walking down the street and his bandmates slowly following behind him, um, The Edge, Adam, and Larry. It then switches to color when he sings the lyric... I have run, I have crawled, I have scaled these city walls only to be with you. Now, it should be noted that the follow-up to that is that he still hasn't found what he was looking for despite having put forth the effort. So the rest of the video is is interesting in in that the street is a little emptier than it typically is. If, If you've ever been to Vegas, you'll know. But they constantly find themselves surrounded by onlookers. Bono, um, of course, being the front man that he is, uh, interacts with them a few times by hugging and even directly kissing a woman on the lips, which which um, today is a big no-no for obvious reasons, um, including but not limited to COVID. As he kisses the woman, he sings, I have kissed honey lips, felt the healing in her fingertips, it burned like fire, this burning desire which to me, again, is a sign of um, 
of a sense of fulfilling this urge that he has, but feeling rejected when acting on his instincts. So in a sense, he's he's trying to find a path to spiritual fulfillment and yearning, but maybe is confusing physical love for attraction with maybe personal satisfaction or uh, filling an empty void where, I guess, filling an empty void with an empty connection, if that makes any sense. Oftentimes I think it's easy to mistake personal pleasures like sex and relationships with a sort of um, necessary connection with a sense of spirituality. Not necessarily in, in religious terms, but that feeling of being connected to the self and having faith in something is lacking with this character, with Bono. The rest of the band stays away from the crowd and continues to walk behind or alongside him till the very end where we um, see Adam kind of part ways and he catches a cab with a cigarette in one hand and a beer bottle in the other. I think I, I related most to Edge in this video because he looks so uncomfortable and is really just focusing on playing his acoustic shying away from people the entire time. So what is this video saying when juxtaposed with the song? For me, obviously Bono or the character that he's assuming is looking for that missing element in his life and perhaps his bandmates trailing behind him are no different than the people he comes across on Fremont Street. You know, we we always have people kind of watching us with a vested interest, but no one can really understand your personal journey, even if you take the time to describe it to someone. So I guess in a way it's about the personal struggles we have in connecting with others while maintaining a sense of self. It's about being perceptive and accepting of whatever conclusion you come to at the end of your journey and maybe developing your own... Um, relationship with what, whatever connection you make. So by the end, Adam leaves with a smile once he sees Bono laughing and playing to the crowd. Uh, maybe he felt okay leaving because he knew that his friend would be okay. I think for as oppressive as, as, oppressive as the um, lyrics can be, the video sheds some light on the subject and is a reminder that sometimes we, we need to make time for ourselves. But I guess in a way it's saying that we should also learn to make time for others as well. And Bono displays this by, you know, high-fiving kids and hugging random people. It's, it's a welcome comfort, to be honest, by contrast to the lyrics themselves, and that's not a bad thing. So now I'll switch gears a bit and talk about a more abstract video in Closer by Nine Inch Nails. This was one of the singles off the Downward Spiral, released in 1994. The song and the album, in contrast to U2's I Still Haven't Found What I'm Looking For, deals more with religion, society, and violence. Now, the first verse starts, um, You let me violate you, you let me desecrate you, you let me penetrate you, you let me complicate you. So already it's off to an interesting start, in that it's assigning blame to an individual for... Um, what seems to be a form of dependency when he asks for help to get away from himself. So to me, and <clears throat> I should state, you know, this is my opinion or observation only. The character in the song is again, 
assigning blame for being allowed to be as close as you can get to someone and then feeling the need for that physical closeness, which can complicate things in, in a relationship. Because by that point in the relationship, you've given everything you can to someone and you all of a sudden crave more. So you sort of build up this dependency on that feeling, that emotion, that person. So that brings us to the chorus, where he states he wants to fuck this person like an animal, feel them from the inside, and ends by saying his existence is flawed. Now here we get an admission that this person feels his existence to be questionable, and maybe his actions too. Later in the song, he seems to admit that this person actually gets him closer to God and can help him forget who he is and feels perfect as he again asks for help to feel these things. Going back to the chorus, the sexual position in question is often seen as a dominating one, for I guess from the male perspective, because he has complete control over his partner. So maybe the chorus is symbolic in having that power during sex, but losing it and feeling lost when that interaction is gone. And I guess similarly to the U2 song, it's about a person looking for a sense of belonging or spirituality, or in this case, enjoying feeling closer to God, but by means of someone else rather than, say, um, Bono's journey of self-discovery. Now, Trying to describe the video is more or less describing moments. It's one of the few, if not the only music video where you could grab a still at random and it would look like a piece of art. The entire video takes place in a nondescript location and is drenched in this amberish color. Trent Reznor is the focal point of the video and at times is singing either behind the skull of what appears to be an ox or maybe a bull, or in front of an opened an opened up or mutilated rib cage. Then we have visuals like um, a bald naked woman standing there while spinning two eggs on two fingers, uh, some roaches crawling across sand and broken bottles, a decapitated pig's head on a pike strapped to a, con a contraption that spins it around for whatever reason. <laughs> Um, a live monkey tied to a cross, a um, heart strapped to a contraption, and some wires to keep it pumping, uh, twins conjoined at the braids of their hair, and what seems to be a jury uh, comprised of old men staring on, and so on and so forth. Individually, I don't think these images say as much as when they're melded together in the form of a music video especially when juxtaposed with the song and the lyrics. I guess one could say the bits of animals and naked women are representative of um, Sins of the Flesh, where the gathering of old men in suits represents censors. As with its initial release, certain scenes were actually removed from the video. But this video, by comparison to U2's, is more visually appealing, at least to me, because of how abstract and strange it is, even to this day. Initially, when I thought of <clears throat> talking about music videos, these two were the ones I thought of off the top of my head, because 
they're just so fresh in my mind after having seen them several times each. The question I wanted to present is if music videos are a lost art. Growing up, admittedly, I was an MTV junkie. From 120 Minutes to Headbangers Ball and even through its competitor, The Box, which was a station that played music videos requested by its viewers as opposed to um, a more curated block of various genres of music. Uh, nowadays, it seems like there's little to no outlet or promotion for bands aside from, you know, self-promotion through social media and YouTube. Back in the day, uh, premiering a music video was an event, especially from the likes of someone like Michael Jackson. I feel like I, s I see music videos less often than I'd like from more recent bands that I've um, come to enjoy. But I guess that's the way of things, you know, with everything shifting to more of an online presence. So in a way, I guess music videos are not a lost form of art. Uh, most artists today still churn them out for promotional purposes, and I'm grateful for that. <clears throat> I guess what I love most about music videos is their, um, their ability to not only make musicians more personable, but their ability to express a mix of ideals and a visual representation of a specific song. Though one idea may not seem as complex as the other, uh, referring to these two videos, I think it's fair to say that when hearing either song, I never would have guessed what its visual counterpart would be. The beauty of song lyrics is that they're more or less open to interpretation, so we allow our minds to um, create the visual aesthetic as we listen to a song or an album, whereas a music video takes those notions that we're familiar with and commits them to screen in a way that's almost eye-opening, because more times than not, these two things will conflict with each other, and not in a bad way, mind you, it's, you know, like all good things, experiencing someone else's interpretation can only, I guess, be, be beneficial as a learning experience, and as a shared love of music and and film. Um, <clears throat> one way to look at it is most cinematic films have two plus hours to convey a story where a music video does that exact same thing in about four and a half minutes. And it's pretty cool to think about it um, in terms like that because it makes you appreciate the craft that much more. That said, I think this is a good closing point. Um, sorry for the lateness of this entry. It's um, It's been a stressful and tiring last few weeks, especially with the holidays. Plus, being in a creative funk is never fun. But I chipped away at this one over the last few weeks, um, kind of here and there, until I felt comfortable with, with, um, with moving forward and, and until it felt less daunting. And those kinds of things happen, uh, at least with me, and sometimes I just need to step away and refocus my efforts. So with that, I'd like to have some fun with the next episode, and we'll talk about 1987's Masters of the Universe, starring uh, Frank Langella and Dolph Lundgren. We'll say in um, two weeks' time. So until then, take care, drink your water, and stay healthy.